1: This is Six Rings. The dynasty continues. And football things. The X. The Z. Vertical route. I love football, man. With your host, Andy
0: Hart. Andy Hart is a football genius.
1: I'm not going to pretend I sit down and watch the All-22. The next
0: question, Andy Hart,
1: please. Nick Fitzy Stevens. Is that Fitzy with you this morning? Absolutely not, Fitzy. This just in, I'm dead inside. And Chris Shine. Derek Carr, however, is a guy I would ride tonight.
0: I think Matt Patricia's a boob.
1: Hello, once again, Pats Pals and Foxborough friends. We welcome you to the latest and, as we promise, always greatest episode of Six Rings and Football Things, a presentation of WEEI fm weei.com Odyssey Sports, and 2400 Sports. This is your host, your old pal, Nick Fitzy Stevens, alongside the ultimate Patriots hater himself, <laughs> the master of... Of quote tweet disaster, the Belichick doomsday speaker, he of the hottest of all takes, the one and only prime time at Shime time, Chris Shime. What's up, Shime? How are you enjoying the glow of your recent anti Patriots takes? people effing hate me it's
0: awesome <laughs> it's so funny uh you and andy uh now refer to me as stephen a Shime in the group chat uh <laughs> because i'm just I, i'm just sending out outlandish takes apparently according to the people and the people are not happy with
1: it at all no so just for contextual purposes because context as well as content can always be king and please do if you ever have a comment. Make sure you hit us up at Fitzy G-F-Y, at Shime Time, S-C-H-E-I-M-T-I-M-E. And, of course, at Six Rings Pod, we would love a follow. Please, of course, follow along with the podcast as well, Spotify, Apple Pods, Podbean, W E I Odyssey app, wherever you get it. That's all good in the hood, my babies. Uh, we're glad to have you along as we head towards the 2022 season. Uh, as I said, context is king, and the context of this, of course, would be that Shime and I had a, uh, a, a an energetic discussion, uh, shall we say, uh, a little bit. Ab- about uh, our frustrations towards Bill Belichick and his very Belichickian mannerisms this preseason, steaming towards kickoff in just a few weeks' time. I'm a little frustrated with the way that he's been handling some of his players in the sort of draconian Catholic school way, which, of course, I was quoted on once and many times. Shine went a little further and said that Dolchamp was being an a-hole and a dick, and uh, it was not necessary. Yep.
0: There it is. I used the word dick. I didn't use the word you, a-hole. I did use the word dick. Uh,
1: and, of course, uh, that was shared across our network. Uh, and, shall we say, the legion of the thin skins, if you will, Pats Nation. The people who I consider myself not only just a card-carrying member of, but sometimes a Mary Pied Piper and super fanboy... Uh, you know, Foxborough fanboy, Patriots pajamas-wearing member, uh, you know, I'm a cheerleader. And, well, we'll get to all the comments later in the firestorm yep, that ensued so from good. our last podcast, but I just wanted everyone to know, if you haven't listened, I would pause now, go back, give that a quick listen, whether you're on a commute, a treadmill, getting the kids to bed, working out in the basement, uh, woodworking, raking, I don't know, I don't care. Give it a listen, come on back, you won't want to miss it. Okay. And as but,
0: as people will find out in the second half of the podcast when we talk about this, uh, I went and read through every single comment, every one of them. I read through all of them, and I have picked out the best ones. So I love it. Like I am, I, I love this. So please, if you think if you think your hard words hurt, they're just funny. So go ahead, Fitzy.
1: we'll do our own little version of mean tweets, if you will. We'll call yes. it critical comments, uh, and we'll share that after we get through our preview of the third and final pretend season football game which is coming up you're probably listening to this on a friday morning maybe friday afternoon you're pumped and jacked like everyone else who can't wait to get this friggin preseason over with and just get into the actual action you probably got some fantasy drafts coming up as well so you'd like to see if there's anybody on the patriots team worth drafting you'd like a little progress from the patriots you'd like to see some offensive functionality you'd like to see some defensive consistency and that Mr. Shime time, Stephen A. Shime, the Stephen A. Hole, if you will, of our podcast. That is what we look toward from the third preseason game. Patriots at contractually obligated to say it this way. Here it is, Friday night, eight fifteen p.m. Eastern Standard Time, from Allegiant Field, that gorgeous dome outside the Strip in Vegas, with a giant TV on the outside and a nightclub in one of the end zones. Shime, I would like to ask you. Uh one, if you think we're going to see the starters and number two, what are you going to have your good eye on and do you hope to see in this third and final preseason game?
0: Yeah, so right off the bat I I'm apprehensive to to expect the starters, right? Because especially because yesterday in practice, a handful of guys got dinged up. Right, I think it was Nelson Aguilar left the mm-hmm. field. Damian Harris left the field. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Win, like,
1: the, yeah, the but if, started... if, if the football is snapped, there's a good chance Isaiah Wynn's gonna have to leave the field. I mean, Fair I enough. like the kid. He's very positive. He's got a <laughs> he's got a winning smile. I've been rooting for him since he came out of Georgia, hoping that he would be the left tackle of the future. But he is fra GLA at this point, so I'm not surprised by him. But you can ill afford to lose your your lead back. And arguably your best receiver, not named Jacoby Myers, this preseason now, especially with Taquan Thornton out for eight to ten weeks.
0: Yeah, so uh, – as soon as I saw all these guys starting to get injured yesterday, I go, Oh, Belichick's not going to play any of his starters. Now we haven't heard official word on if Mac's starting or who's starting tomorrow's game. Um, but I don't believe Belichick will play them specifically because he's scared of the injury bug at this point, but I think he needs to, I think the offense needs the reps. Um, we haven't seen them dominate against this Raiders team at all in 11 on 11. It's like they had a better day in day two for sure. But their first drive in day two was absolutely horrendous. Andrew Callahan did a good job of, like, tweeting out the play-by-play. But to quote him, he said, um, 11-on-11, first first 11-on-11 for the Patriots, they bombed. Bombed.
1: I remember reading that. You only say bombed. Like, people read bombed, and you think, like, oh, bombed. Mac must have been dropping bombs. Mac must have been, you know, going deep. Like, no, we're talking bombed. Like the first time you do stand up or every time I take the stage. We're yeah, talking bombs.
0: Song bombs over bad dad. This yeah. was this was bad-bombed. bad bombed.
1: Um, bad bombs. This was you, this was the show closed before they got to intermission on opening night type of bad. Yeah, the,
0: I'll I'll read you exactly what happened. So Callahan laid it out for us. It went Stevenson run, Myers bubble screen, no gain Sack, Myers bubble screen, sack, Hunter Henry catch, Montgomery inside run. Timeout incomplete Aguilar sack. That's just
1: uh, as scripted. to script. Uh Holy once snuff. again. Ah, the Belichick, they're feeling it out. Belichick's trying to figure out what's working and what's not. There's been so much what's not working as opposed to what's working this preseason. And I gotta tell you, Sean, I've watched a lot of preseason football. You heard me waxing ecstatic, just getting a flat out preseason pants tent over Desmond Ritter in the previous podcast, watching him move so fluidly as the backup against now, granted it was the New York jets, but like I it's okay. You are legally allowed to play effective football in the preseason. There's nothing wrong with completing lots of passes and scoring the ball. Look at Daniel Jones. He's
0: completing 77% of his passes. That's Daniel effing Jones.
1: Daniel effing Jones. And I got to tell you, I watched a little more pretend season football last night because a, like I've said one and many a times, there is no methadone for football. I can never get enough, and I'm starting to get my hits now, and it's just absolutely delightful. And this is good recon for potential Patriots opponents, seeing what the rest of the league looks like and what we may uh, – you know, these are little sneaky previews, as I like to say. Sneak previews of the upcoming sneaky season. Brief. it's nice. Uh, ex- <laughs> exactly. Um, while Mitchburg may win the job in Pittsburgh, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, outside of the true, true biscuits, if you will, the mutts out there, like – the Trubisky believers like Kenny Pickett also looks like he can play football. And this was supposed to be a very underwhelming football class. So I've seen people play even ones, twos, threes, competent levels of football. We've seen one nice drive from the Patriots so far. A bunch of joint practices where they've stalled out. Sack incomplete, stuffed run, etc. And now both joint practices did start off the same. Uh, speaking of outcast, ice cold. And then... <laughs> and then work their way back into it and finish stronger pressures from Judon and the defensive line. So they were able to sort of get it in gear. Uh, Josh McDaniels went so far as to say that the Patriots were able to recognize and call out a lot of the plays because he's still using a lot of familiar terminology, what he having worked in Foxborough the last yep. 10 years as the offensive coordinator. So that was, that was easy enough and encouraging to read, but there was not a lot of offensive consistency. And it seems like it was really only Mac to Jacoby. Who he sang the praises of, saying he yeah. wants him to be a Patriot for as long as he's there as well. I love that. And maybe that's one of the things we have to look forward to this season, but I gotta see those starters on Friday night for a couple series chime. Like they cannot only play two joint practices, one of which was an outright, you know, five points, you know, mid 1870s New York style Donnybrook uh, against the Carolina Panthers uh, and then against the Raiders three series against the Panthers on a warm summer Friday night in Foxborough, and then expect that they're going to be ready for Jalen Waddell and Tariq Hill and everyone else on that turbo very fast, impressive looking Miami dolphins offense in a couple of weeks. I'm sorry. Like they, they need more reps. I got to see the starters Friday night.
0: Yeah, I am. Uh, I am not optimistic about week one. I, I just, it's, I need you need to see the offense tomorrow night for sure. I think at, at least the defense feels like a relative known commodity to me at this time, right? It's because you're going to that team that defense is going to go as far as the front four takes them. It's going to be we are going to send it at the quarterback as much as physically possible. If we can get through that, if there's a bad offensive line, we have a chance to dominate the game. Because I don't think the cornerbacks, as evident of Jalen Mills getting absolutely bodied by Devontae Adams all week, I don't think we have the cornerbacks to 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 keep up with top-end receiver talent. Our linebackers aren't all that great. And our safeties are good, but the safeties only have so much of an impact on a game when those other two middle components aren't as good so in my opinion the front four is going to be what matters the most because if they're creating chaos and creating pressure they don't even need to create sacks all the time it's just creating that pressure allows the right. cornerbacks to right. a be more aggressive and b it, it, it forces the quarterback to throw faster so the corners don't have to stay with guys like Devonte and steph diggs and tyree Hill as long so it, it makes it a little easier for them so in that regard, we know what the defense is. I know what to expect from them in the regular season, I think. Whereas the offense, you, you know what they were last year, but they're not that this year, at the at the very least. I think the biggest concern at this point seems to be the offensive line. That, that first drive right away, one, two, three sacks, and a bubble screen for no gain sounds like bad blocking. Um, and that's – that's worrisome, especially because a young quarterback back like Mac needs time in the pocket. He he's just, this offense is not built like last year's Cincinnati Bengals. So if you're getting sacked a ton, you're not going to be able to still create those big plays and those chunk plays. You don't have Jamar chase. You don't have T Higgins. Hell, you barely have Tyler Boyd and you definitely don't have Joe Mixon or Joe Burrow. So it's like, you have to be very you have to be very concerned with where this offense is at as we're heading into the final preseason game tomorrow night and like things need need to turn around for that offense hopefully another week of practice before the regular season will help but at this point they are going to need a ton of help before they get going
1: yeah we're not talking about a precision german or you know we're not talking about an italian sports car we're not talking oh. about precision german you just need to be like a
0: toyota with like a reliable Uh, i
1: was going to say you got to be a kia i that's all i need i just need a comfortable functional ride i can depend on so i can go from a to b and it's been sputtering and it's been in the shop and it's been tinkered with and there's been a lot of work done and the review the early reviews haven't been great i can tell you a bunch of things that i want to see the patriots go through do and challenge themselves with against the Raiders, which I believe to be the absolutely perfect team considering that we believe that the Raiders are going to be a potential playoff team and that this is a good offense with a middling defense, exactly so many of which there are in the AFC as well. So from an offensive standpoint, I want to see if this line can gain some ground against a pass rush and if they can hold their ground against two of the better pass rushers in the AFC in Max Crosby and former Patriot Chandler Jones. Uh, I want to see if they can run the ball as well. I want to see, I want to see them be able to like go on some long sustained drives. I don't want to just see like, you know, I don't want to see gadget plays. I certainly don't want to see dropped pass sack stuff, screen, bubble screen, you know, three, four and out. I would love to see one or two consistent drives. And from a defensive standpoint, as you and I have sung the praises of the Raiders as well, and the good offensive mind that Josh McDaniels is and the immense talent they have on that side of the ball. I want to see them be able to handle the quickness of Hunter Renfro. I want to see, in a game setting, Jalen Mills, who lost the first day to Devontae Adams, but stormed back and had a pretty good second day against him. I want to see Jalen Mills when it counts, when the lights are bright. Let's hope that the back doors don't get too tight. you got to have to deal with Darren Waller and the revamped linebacker core. you got a good running back in Josh Jacobs. Hell, you've even got a great third down back or an emerging one in Amir Abdullah, who seems to have kicked Kenyon Drake to the curb as well. And... Somebody who knows where you bury the bodies. Somebody who knows the way that you operate. You move and you tick like Josh McDaniel. So give me a little chess match. Give me a high-quality test against an above-average above average, above average front, lot, front seven on defense and a very potentially above-average offense in the Raiders. And that's the kind of tune-up you need to then take it back in the shop, close the hood, close the curtains, lock the door, lock the gates, get to work, and get ready for September 11th.
0: Yeah, you need it. And uh, I hope, hopefully, we get it tomorrow night. I have a feeling the Raiders probably won't play a lot of their starters just because, um, uh, because they, this is their fourth preseason game, having played in the Hall of Fame game. Oh, right. But- yeah. I
1: mean, but you don't need Brian Hoyer, Bailey Zappi, Trey Nixon, like little Jordan Humphrey. No. We want him to make the team. Roster cutdowns are next Tuesday, August 30th at 4 p.m. So there's a battle for guys like potentially Cameron McGrone, some um, Ronnie Perkins caught the Foxborough flu. He's out for the season. We need to know who our backup guards and swing tackle or swing tackles are going to be on this team. Those are the guys that need the extra playing time long haul through all four quarters. First quarter. You got to get this offense going, Sean. You got to get it going. 100%. Even
0: if it's against the, the Raiders backups, you need Fine. guys out there getting reps, at least for a couple drives. You need to see that the offense is productive and consistent and, and able to get any kind of chunk plays and not just sack stuffed at the line on a run, sack uh, stuffed on a no gain screen, screen dump off, check down, check that. You need chunk plays of some kind. You need some kind of consistency. Checkdowns are good when you're attacking down the field and you have, and you just don't have that option on that play, but over and over and over again, checkdowns become monotonous and they don't gain you enough yards. So ultimately you're going to need to see something out of, out of the Patriots tomorrow
1: night. Yeah, and you've got some time to game plan. You've got some time to get things fluid and get it right. You've got yep. time for trick plays, gadgetry and chicanery, but you're also going up against I'd posit three tougher defenses in Miami in pittsburgh and at home your opener september 25th against the ravens so you need you need the work i hope we see the starters for at least two if not three series hell play them a whole quarter and then we'll see what happens after that what kind of concerns do you have heading into the preseason game how do you think things will look and if you've uh, listened to this podcast or you would listen to the pod then watch the game give us a call or share your thoughts we'd love to hear from you guys at six rings pod at fitzy gfy at Shine time and of course Email us questions, comments, and concerns. Six Pod at com. All right, Shime, we're moving on with this podcast. Let's get to the back half, the back end. I got a few Pats Paris that I want to share uh, before we get to the comments. Number one, I, this just occurred to me. Did you get a chance to check out Julian Edelman's new podcast by chance? Or have you heard about it? The one he's doing with comedian Sam Morrill?
0: No. So I knew he was doing a podcast, but I hadn't even heard anything about it.
1: Okay, so it's called Games with Names, and I guess they just go over iconic games in football history, and they launch by talking about uh, and then speak to the people that were in uh, or involved in those in those iconic games. And for the first one, they go back to 18 and one Super Bowl 42, and they discuss uh, the game with both Teddy Bruski and Eli Manning. Uh, and my favorite part was Julian Edelman talking about he only spent two years or actually a year and a quarter around straight cash homie himself, Randy Moss, before Moss was traded following the Dolphins' Monday Night Football win for the Patriots in 2010. Moss was traded after he groused that he he wasn't getting his new deal and they were changing the offense with Hernandez and Gronk at that time. He said that all the time that he was there, before the Patriots moved on from former defensive coordinator Dean Pease And he ultimately went to the Ravens. He said that Moss used to always bark at and bitch at Dean Pease about Dean Pease's defensive play call at the end of Super Bowl Forty Two, With a minute left, he called the zero blitz, leaving Ellis Hobbs isolated in the corner against Plaxico Burst, which A, was a mismatch of almost a foot in human height, and B... The Ellis Hobbs was injured as well. He got juked, he got played, Plaxico smoked him, ate his lunch, touchdown, Giants win. Ultimately, the bombs aren't completed to Randy Moss from Tom Brady. And the greatest season that almost was, never was. And I I took, I got to be honest, uh, this is, this again does not play into the, you Pats fans are never happy. You know, you have so many good things, you get so many nice things. Take the L, you know, be humble, you know, be happy with what you got. I took this weirdly perverse satisfaction and knowing that obviously teammates weren't, but I'm not one of the only ones out there who still to this day has that effing play call stuck like corn in his teeth. Like it is just a nut or a seed. In, it's like a sunflower seed in the back of my throat and I've never been able to cough it up and cough it out. Not the whole game. That play call just pisses me off to this day. And I love knowing that Randy Moss used to ride his coach like, uh-oh, <laughs> Better be a better play call than that zero blitz you called that cost us a perfect season dps like <laughs> that brought me perverse satisfaction
0: is that so wrong no I'm with you I I, I think it's good to, it football players are just like us they're 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 people of the game just like us and they they have things that grind their gears just like we do and uh I think that's the perfect example of that
1: yeah it was it was it was delightful it Makes it Randy more like- relatable it does. It makes him human, exactly. Like these guys who we collect the trading cards of, wear the jerseys of, draft in our fantasy teams, cheer for, defend, cry over, uh, tell our kids to to watch, you know, almost, you know, dare to use as role models. Like they're people too. They don't do more than just drive to work, use the bathroom, pay taxes. They get upset about this stuff as well, just like the rest of us. And to know that that still is stuck in his craw, that he's got long lingering frustration over it and used to bitch at his actual defensive coordinator and coach about it. I don't know. It just sort of – sort of, it made me bizarrely happy as well. Um,
0: Imagine that. They're just like in practice one day, and Dean Pease says something to Randy after a play, and he goes, Dean, go call it all blitz ISO. <laughs> <laughs> Dean,
1: Why don't you go call another zero blitz, you putz? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if anyone deserves it, it's Randy Moss. He caught a touchdown with two minutes left to put the pats up, 14-10 to 10 after an all-day struggle where the Giants' NASCAR formation – was just absolutely ass blasting the Patriots offensive line. They should have been able to, if they were the greatest team in history, they should have been. Oh, for God's sakes. What if they don't, you know what? Forget about the Tyree catch. What if they don't call the zero blitz and they make the giants grind their way into the end zone or actually stuff them? Yeah. Right. Imagine that. What if they don't call that stupid zero blitz, which I remember even, I'm not sure if I heard it from Teddy Bruschi. I think junior sale was trying to wave it off. None of them wanted to do it. Yeah. Oh, man. Not that I need to revisit that. Not that revisiting <laughs> miserable moments in Patriots history will bring any any more joy or smiles to Pats Nation and Foxborough friends around the world right now, considering where the offense is and the comments we've made in our podcast this week. But I just wanted to bring that up. Also, one other little something. There's not a whole hell of a lot else going on, aside, obviously, from the uh, preseason game and getting ready for the regular season, but there was a little bit of a rumor going around who? that uh, the Patriots might entertain a trade for Isaiah Wynn. Yep. I heard that uh, from I'm, Burt
0: Breer, I believe right, it was. Yeah, that. it was in
1: Burt Rear's Monday morning quarterback for the for the SI. And I'm not sure how, how entirely, how thoroughly valid it is and how far down the trade hole they'd be willing to go. I don't think it's as much a vote of confidence for Kajus or Haran or anyone else or Stuber if he's able to come back after being put on the NFI list, helping the Patriots get down to their 80-player roster cut down on August 23rd, Uh, or so much as that is just like they're tired of him never being able to play an entire season, and they took him from left tackle to right tackle, and now they wonder if they're going to be able to get 17 games out of him because obviously he's been in and out of the lineup all preseason. So it made me wonder, with talk of Mike Gesicki possibly being on the trade block in Miami, and each of them being due around $10 million a season. That's Gesicki's uh, franchise tag. The talented, not great blocking, more sort of an athletic move tight end for the Miami Dolphins who they might be willing to move on from because they played him a lot this preseason. And Isaiah Wynn, who's on his fifth-year option for $10.4 million, I believe. Yep. Let's play the Rob Bradford WEEI doc game. Who says no to this trade? Isaiah Wynn for Mike Gesicki. What do you think?
0: Uh, the Patriots say no to that, or I'm sorry, the Dolphins say no to that trade. Um, and, and I think it's for one reason in particular, because their tackles are kind of all set at the moment. They have to Armstead at left tackle. Yeah. He's Teron Armstead's anywhere. good.
1: They just paid him and a then, ton.
0: And then they have Austin Jackson, a 2020 first round pick uh, at right tackle who they're still trying to make sure is pretty good and can actually play tackle. Um, and so I don't think they would want to bring in another first round tackle uh, with a lot of questions. Um, would it be nice to have Mike Kosicki on this team? Sure. Um, but A, if Belichick really thinks his team can compete, I doubt he makes that kind of trade with Miami if he thinks it'll help Miami in any way. Uh, and B, I just don't think Miami would want Isaiah Win to be completely honest.
1: Maybe kick him inside to guard, see if that's more of his natural spot. If you want to bolster your offensive line, I mean, you can never have too much depth it along the be- offensive line
0: it would make more sense to me that he gets traded to Dallas now that, uh, um, now that there we Tyron go. that Smith Tyron Smith
1: hurt. might be out till December. There we yeah. go.
0: That, that to me seems like a, uh, a trade that, uh, that is very plausible. Even, I mean, help out old friend, Tom Brady again, if, if Wirfs is banged up, um, and, and going to be out for a long period of time, I know he's hurt. I don't, I don't know the severity of the injury. I don't remember. Um, but if he's going to be out for a long time and they need a tackle, at least for a while, Isaiah Wynn is on the board. Um Yeah, so-
1: I mean you have had the you've had the starting center go down, Ryan Jensen go down for most of if not the entire season. You had a backup guard who had to who had to come in and play, and, and start uh Tara's ACL, he's out for the season. Worf's is banged up. You had uh you had the other guy Ali uh Ali Marpet retired, uh Kappa or whatever his name is, he went Alex to the Kappa. Bengals, Alex Kappa. So Their line has been decimated and now Brady's coming back allegedly to play in the preseason finale or he's returned to practice this week, allegedly to play in the preseason finale as well. I could see maybe, you know, seeing if you could pry one more draft pick away because, you know, this is probably his final year, at least down there as well. So why not take advantage of a team if the Patriots are so hell bent on moving on from him? I don't know what you would get in return that's worth anything. Besides, just another. Well, I think draft you could pick.
0: get a decent draft pick out of him. Like you could probably get a fourth or a fifth out of Isaiah uh, Isaiah Win at this point because he's not like he's not horrendous. He's still. I mean, he was a first round pick um, when he's on the pass field, blocking was a good.
1: little better last year. He's a good run blocker yeah. though.
0: Yeah, and and for a team like Dallas, who Jerry Jones said it today on ESPN, this team will go as far as Ezekiel Elliott will take them. And so if you want to run the football, Isaiah Wynn is actually a pretty good target for you. You can get him relatively on the cheap in terms of compensation. You just have to pay him the money. Uh, And then the Patriots walk away. They free their hands of a guy that – Clearly, they may not necessarily believe is in their long-term future. They get a draft pick out of it, which Belichick always wants to do. He wants that value. Um, and, and you get it now instead of later, like in a compensatory pick. And that that's a risk because you don't even know what kind of contract he's going to sign after his rookie deal. So I think in my head, uh, trading him to Dallas for a fourth or fifth, and you see that come up this week before the season starts, I wouldn't be shocked.
1: No, neither, neither would I. And again, it's less a it vote of like confidence than everyone else. It just seems like the perfect move. They're frustrated. Time to end the frustration. It seems like it's another one of these relationships that they've tried to make work. They've extended as long as they can. You know he's got no future beyond his fifth year. I, I, I can't imagine he's going to stay healthy considering he's been in a, that a lineup multiple times this preseason and during training camp. So wouldn't surprise me either as well. Another one to keep one of our eyes, whether it's the good eye or the other eye on, as we head towards the regular season here Talking football, Patriots football on the Six Rings pod. All right, Chime. we have teased it. We have delayed it. We have navigated around it. We have tickled it. We have pleased it. We can wait no longer. This is finally our chance to address the joy that we brought to Patriots Nation with our podcast earlier this week, where we were from, dare I say, mildly to very, if not sometimes, I won't say excessively, but legitimately critical of Bill Belichick. And some of his methodology deployed, uh, some of the methodology deployed this off season and this preseason in terms of roster building, in terms of roster development, player morale, scheme changes, coaching assignments, all of it. One apparently, whether they are super fan, whether they are morning show producer and noted patriot critic, or something in between, is not allowed to ask questions or make comments, not even just for the sake of garnering headlines anymore, because I know you ripped them a new one, and then you grabbed the two new ones and ripped those in half as well. I was reasonably critical, had a couple of hot ones in there, and now we apparently we are two enemies of the state as far as Patriots Nation uh, goes. So do you have some of the, shall we say, critical comments and mean tweets uh, that were lined up and fired our way after our podcast?
0: Yes. Yeah, so for the first one, uh, before we even got so Odyssey Sports did a post with a quote, mm-hmm. nice graphic of uh, mm-hmm. uh, my quote. Before my we quad. even got to that, there was a comment on the tweet of the episode that we sent out. That oh, said, excellent! Ain't even trying to listen with the headline and Shime being involved. <laughs> Just don't need to hear his negative crap. I can see for my own eyes. Don't need to hear Shime constantly say this team sucks, which I responded to, and he also responded to. Um, and then eventually we we ended up becoming respectful acquaintances. Andy even uh, commented it said, Did we all just become best friends with a step? Yeah. Here? Which was no, very that's funny. we're
1: not doing karate it, in the garage together anytime soon.
0: It's the perfect example of someone who shit's all over you and then as soon as you respond and you're kind of funny and seem kind of okay and cool they're like oh okay maybe you're not like a total dick and i'm like yeah just because i say something about the patriots doesn't mean i'm a joyless prick in real life like it's just just because i don't think the patriots are going to have success does not mean that i am some kind of negative nancy who has no fun and and lives with no joy in his life i am actually quite jolly thank you yes you are People have compared me even to Santa Claus. uh, I would dare
1: say, if given one adjective to describe you, the word would be jovial.
0: Yes. uh, Courtney, You are
1: a a jovial fellow.
0: I'm like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde when it comes to the Patriots, because every single day I'm bright, I'm bubbly, I'm hey, how are you? Smiles all around. And then the Patriots get mentioned and I'm dark clouds, gloomy and and miserable. and, And I become Eeyore. And that's fine. That's, but that's just the way I see the Patriots. All I do, I don't want to play. I'm not playing an act. I'm not. I'm not being negative for the sake of being negative. People compared us to Felger and Maz yesterday. Is like they're uh. the first people in history that could be negative about anything, which makes zero sense to me. Um, but I, like, I just. All I do is I tell it how I see it. If it's good, it's good. Sometimes it maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. And I'm going to tell it with the way it is. That's my favorite TikTok meme going around. And so that's what I'm going to do. But now.
1: And there is no guilt to be found. There is no shame in that as well. I would probably dare call it the felgerization or felger fear uh, because anytime people. somebody is excessively critical, they yep. think they're just trying to get under your skin for the sake of call baiting. Or getting, or getting you, it's click-tivation. They want you to share it with your friends and say, can you believe this prick? Can you believe this SOB had the nerve? They're always critical of the team. They're never happy. Every show always, even after a 40-point win, they got something to be miserable about. Like, believe me, the Foxborough fanboy here, the guy that created, the guy who's been rooting for the Patriots his whole life long, then created an alter ego just because I loved him so much. I needed two parts. I needed a second me to love the Patriots. For Christ's sakes, I want... The Patriots to do well to win. It's good for our business. Now, if they're terrible, it's fun for a while. But then the fun go. But then the fun, the Schadenfreude fun, and being able to crap on them goes away. And then it's just miserable. And then we've got years to wonder what the hell happened, what's going on, and how come we can't have it like we used to. I want this to work. Believe me, football brings me joy. If football is family, right now the family is in the middle of a political argument at Thanksgiving and we all need to have a drink and shut the F up and get and just get ready for the meal.
0: Amen. So here's some of the funny ones. Um, <clears throat> the first, er, so this, this one I have to rip because I just, I love these people. How have people not realized by now that Belichick has earned the benefit of the doubt? SMH my head. This is a sad take.
1: Like, Shake my head, my head. First of all, yes. you lose for saying SMH my head.
0: No, I love that. I do that all the time. So I, I, I'm into that. That's fine with me. That's a, that's the good part about the tweet. The bad okay. part is the rest. Well, that's of the good it. part. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Tyler seems to think that Belichick has earned the benefit of the doubt. Just because Belichick's resume is amazing, don't get me wrong. First Ballot of Hall, Hall of Famer, greatest coach of all time. The mm-hmm. last three years, he hasn't won a single playoff game. Hell, he's only been in the playoffs twice. Once with Tom Brady, got out ousted right away, didn't make with Cam Newton. Once with Mac Jones got absolutely blasted by the Bills. So, uh with that in mind, what have you done for me lately? That's kind of the business we're in nowadays in sports. It doesn't matter how good you are. You can be a Hall of Fame coach or player, but if you are not succeeding, if you are not producing, I'm sorry, like that's the way it is. It is Americans want what they want and they want it now. And that's kind of the way the world works at this point. I know
1: it's an on-demand society. And of course we are living in entitled town, but I will say this, Bill Belichick, he wears the UFC championship belt. Well, his know-it-allery, if you, if I am allowed to make up a word, I don't think he necessarily wears as well. And like we said at the tail end of the back episode, honest to goodness, he is the one who tells us that we need to do your job. But the man has like 17 jobs and then someone else will probably clap back at us and be like, yeah, well, his job is to do what's in the best interest of is the this football not team.
0: Football mind, David yeah, man, great, He question, can man. handle all the
1: responsibilities. Maybe he should just have a or two responsibilities and not 19. And then also be worried about what the concession prices are and how, you know, and how spray paint green the friggin' field turf is. And just focus on either coaching the team or running the defense. Uh, okay. Now see. Now I'm turning into that guy again. All right, go
0: ahead.
1: Uh this
0: one from Garrett, good shot at the actual graphic. So the quote is attributed to both of them. Did they say it in unison? <laughs> <laughs> uh good
1: job by you. Garrett. Not to be pedantic, good- but yes, that was Shime's I- quote in the graphic, not mine. I'm not throwing Shime under the bus. He's nope. a big boy that can I- own his takes. I, I was there. Do. I allowed it.
0: Yep, I said it. Uh, this is nuts. We're more than three weeks from a game that means anything. Belichick's interactions with the press have no effect whatsoever on how the offense performs. No, but if that inter, if that, uh, those interactions are then carrying over to the team, and guys like uh, Kendrick Bourne and Mac Jones seem frustrated, uh, then it matters. Yeah, you're you're damn right, it matters. Uh, and so we just, as Fitzy has said all along, Belichick seems obtusely Be- Belichickian this year to the point Correct. where it's kind of getting annoying.
1: We get the point, Bill. We get it. You want everyone to get in line and head in the right direction, and it's your way or the highway. We get it. All right, but maybe you might want to make some concessions until you can get things going in the right direction as opposed to blown into the backfield on consecutive plays during the preseason.
0: Uh, Bobby tweeted, yeah, we want a coach who's more like Dan Campbell. Okay, now read that <laughs> first again.
1: Hey, I love you, man. Come on. Yeah, that's exactly what I want right now, man.
0: There's no light at the end of the tunnel. That light's just a train coming to smack you. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Mike tweeted, aw, I feel so bad for you all in the media. Billy won't answer your questions. Life must be so bad because of this big, mean man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, hey mike uh, i'm sure you're a terrific guy and i bet we probably like a lot of the same beers but um at the tone the time will be blow it out your ass o'clock
0: <laughs> gino tweeted what's the name of your podcast again gino
1: <laughs> gino. gino
0: uh uh boston bloodsocks tweeted a S- south park gif of just dumb dum 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 dumb uh let's see here um uh, go ahead.
1: I got a tweet earlier today from um, New England Media PitchBot, which is a a, a creative hand. I mean, hey, it's a, it's a long way for what you got or what you need, but that's fine. Because um, of course nobody scrutinizes their own, like New England and the New England media. Say, asking if Bill Belichick. Usually, it's coming up with headlines, uh, figuring what the fan base and the trolling media, if you will, will have to say. New England Media PitchBot tweeted at me and said, "Has." Uh, Bill Belichick apologized to at Fitzy GF Wyatt and explained all of his plans for the upcoming season. <laughs> oh. uh, Dave love Tank it.
0: said, uh, oh, no, sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what happens when they run into Belichick? They'll just kiss his ass. And WTF is this other guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Benjamin oh, tweeted, oh, someone got their feelings hurt. Uh, shady chic tweeted we're
1: on to 2023 the shady chic and there were plenty of people by the way who also uh, agree with this now we weren't looking to like propel people into the darkness or you know into uh you know the mariana's trench of football despair saying like hey it's over there's no hope we're all done it's just the manner in which business has been conducted recently given given all the changes being made and recent results is a little frustrating. Like the, it could just be, it could be a little more joyful. It could be a little less Belichick or Belichick could be a little less Belichick and just, you know, I don't know, like for Christ's sakes, just make it fun. Cause it has like, it's a
0: hundred percent.
1: I mean, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to tap dance and over apologize or qualify and clarify this any further, because and, I and think we've done that more than enough.
0: And the guy who said we're going to kiss Belichick's ass, just so you know, Belichick's going to be on the show that I produce every morning on Mondays. If the Patriots are bad, I will grill Belichick. I have no problems asking questions that other people don't want to ask. I have no problems with it. He's going to probably treat me like a child and and brush me off and give me some (laughs) crap answer, and that's fine. But I will ask the question. Wait for it. I have no problem with it.
1: Um, I honestly hope you grill him like a sweet Italian from Shaw's, a Dom steak tip, or a number nine chicken pocket from D'Angelo's go right ahead I'm here for that and all of the petulant responses with 30 second long pauses you you receive in return
0: uh, Louis tweeted MFers crying like a baby Bill just ordered some Similac baby formula <laughs> I <these> to them. <laughs> He's so specific
1: <laughs> so highly specific is that uh, i don't even know that's expensive too that's tough right? to come by these days Yeah,
0: no kidding uh this one attacking our characters here why didn't you just tweet we're all dumb as f when it comes to football we don't it would have been easier and more to the point
1: all right i mean that's <laughs> i feel like those are fighting words sir your words are hurtful but i'll forgive you for this first offense
0: uh, bet you wouldn't say that to him directly. So social media or podcast is the next best thing for you lames hot, oh. crying face, crying face with a Seth Meyers handing us an L, uh, gift. <laughs>
1: so like
0: good. I said, I'll have Belichick on the show that I produce every Monday. Trust me. I have no problems with
1: it. Cannot wait for it. Chime. Thank you so much for aggregating and uh, bringing those to the, the congregate. This I have week.
0: one left that I felt. Oh yeah, like please hit share. me. All
1: right. Let's go out on top.
0: Uh, This is from Don't Be Dombrowski. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Holy effing shit, you absolute
1: cucks. (laughs) (laughs) I need to say this on social media, and I need it no matter if my children read it, my friends follow me, or whatever (laughs) impact it has on my professional standing in this world, I need to swear all over the place and call these guys a bunch of cucks. That's, I might uh, retweet
0: it right okay. now and just be like, "This is the greatest tweet. This is the greatest yeah, tweet like, I've ever."
1: Yeah, read. I do like Clubhouse leader anti Six Rings tweet of the tweet of the preseason. <laughs> Love it. Oh, oh. great job, Shime! Thank you, everyone who quote tweeted, who clapped back at us, who memed us, who hated it, and so much more. We are here to share the positive comments, the uh, intermediate feedback, all of the mean tweets, the critical commentary, and so much more at Six Rings. Once again. If you want to hit us up, sometimes we'll get tweeted out by at Odyssey Sports, if not at WEI. And of course, we are at Six Rings Pod, at Fitzy GFY, and at Shime Time. Thank you guys once again for listening to another episode of the Six Rings Podcast. We will be back next week. We will do a podcast that will be out next Wednesday after the Patriots cut down to their 53-man roster, which is league-mandated for all, all 32 teams to cut down to 53 players By next Tuesday, August 30th at 4 p.m., we'll likely record thereafter and get you some fresh perspective uh, and analysis on that as well, um, and any other Pats Parry items as well. Uh, For my guy, Shime Time, for Andy Hart, who's been busy doing frequency-modulated radio this week, this is your old pal, Nick Fitzy Stevens, saying thanks for listening to Six Rings and Football Things. Good night. God bless. Go Pats. And as always, go F yourself. See ya. You cucks. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>